Hey everyone, uh, we had a really great guest lined up this week, but unfortunately some personal issues came up and we were unable to record. So Griffin and I recorded a half episode where it's just the two of us talking about The Last of Us 2. And so that's what we're going to put out this week. It's sort of a first impressions thing. And we'll be back next week with a full length episode with our awesome guests. Thanks so much for listening and hope you enjoy this little thing. And we can't wait to bring you a full length episode soon. Thanks. Enjoy the podcast. Game Boys. Should we say? Should, I feel like we should say that we're sorry about last week. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want? Did you want to do that? Uh, should we do that with yeah, the guest, yeah. or we want to do that now? Um, I don't know. Which one do you think? Um, let's let's do it now. We don't. The, the guest isn't. We can talk to the guest about it. We don't have to like make her make her like legitimize our apology. Oh yeah, that makes <laughs> that sense. feels kind of shitty to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if we're leaving in the rest of the stuff that you that I just said, but last week we made a joke that was done badly. Um, <laughs> and we didn't do a good job of kind of making the clear point. We accidentally implied that Louis C.K. is a redeemable person. Um, yes, I want to make it clear he's not. And no matter how many cops he kills, uh, he's never going to be a good person. Um, I, I was I was thinking a lot about this and I um, two friends in the comedy community expressed uh, distaste with the with the joke that got posted. And uh, like, I feel like at first I was like miffed and angry because like I feel like that's the natural like primal instinct is to like be upset and like in consider other people as like being mean to you and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, especially I had a f- when it's like a joke a we both f- thought was funny and we were like, right. we made a funny joke. Yeah, and I was thinking about the about the joke, and I I was like, well, in my mind, like it, there's been enough time, but of course, I as like uh like a white male, I've never uh, experienced that stuff, and it's not a threat to me. Like it is still currently for uh, a lot of people in comedy. So of course, like I felt safe and from my privileged position to like make that joke. Um, whereas it yeah. kind of felt like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, does, it, I felt safe cause it didn't affect me. And I guess that's something I was thinking about a lot. Yeah, totally. I mean, at the time I think we were both like, duh, funny joke. Everyone hates Louis CK. This is a funny theory, but like mm-hmm. we it, we're so fucking flipping about it. And I even like showed it to a couple of my friends and they were like, Oh yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> um, Cause I was like, hey, is this really a bad joke? Um, and then like, I listened back to it with a couple of people and they were all like, no, the, the I mean, the, they were like the bit in theory could have been funny, but the way you guys did it was fucked up and not good. And so we're super duper sorry about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to not be shitty about that. I mean, we'll probably be shitty about other stuff in the future by mistake, but we're going to try our best not to. I, I think um, the best we can do is say that, yeah, we're going to we're still going to talk about stuff and and but we're going to try to think uh, we're going to we're going to always try to think about um, how it comes across because, um, you know, it looks like I know you and you know me and all the the socialism and all the all the progressive stuff that we believe in. But someone on the Internet doesn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they don't they don't know like what, where we stand on these issues. Uh, so we gotta, we gotta make that super clear. And it's totally possible. Even if you have like, the best intentions in the world, like do harm. Um, and yeah. that's what we did. And that sucks. Um, and it sucks mm-hmm. on us. And we sh- like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do a good job. And I guess it's like, uh, 
I just want to be like, just basically saying that we're sorry about that one uh, because Game Boys is for everyone. And it super sucks to hear that there were people who felt like they were made, were made to feel unsafe or made to feel like excluded from the show by the bits we were doing. And that super sucks. When I say Game Boys is for everyone, I don't mean like Nazis and fascists and weirdos. They're going to get offended and that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. But like for most reasonable people, it's for everyone. And it sucks to to know that we did something that made people feel unwelcome and that blows ass. And so we're sorry about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not all of our fans matter. <laughs> yeah. Like if you are a weird, if, if somehow you've been like a weird alt-right guy and listen to this show where I'm like yelling about communism every week. Um, <laughs> surprise. Fuck you. Um, yeah. And also, if you're if you're one of these dudes that's like still being a fucking creep in comedy, fuck you, too. That's fu- that shit sucks. Uh, yeah. and, and we and we and we all can can do better to uh, to out creeps and, and be less creepy in our own lives. Totally. I mean, it's becoming actually this is like a, a good segue and just like regular podcasting, but it's like becoming a more prevalent thing in like both of our relevant communities where like in comedy, there's a lot more discussion of that like this week um, than there has been for a long time. And the same thing's happening in wrestling. Um, where like uh, there's been like a real empowerment movement for people to speak up for themselves and that fucking I think whips ass Um, which means it's an even better time for us to not uh, sound like shithead idiots about it yeah it was an incredible time and it was like making like a 9-11 joke like if like another terrorist attack happened in New York <laughs> it was like it was like recording a podcast on September 10th where you're like wouldn't it be weird if a plane flew into a building and then you're right yeah. and then putting it out on September 12th um, um so Anyways, yeah that was that it looks there's speaking of uh, calamitous historical events, uh, Last of Us 2 is out and we've both been playing it. So I think we should talk about it and first, of course, talk about how I how I was completely right. Yes, <laughs> I feel like completely is doing some work there. But like, yeah, I mean, the, so one thing that if, if you remember from last week, we talked about like this idea that the fucking reviews are so polarized about this game right like Mm -hmm. some people were like it's the schindler's list and some people were like it's the dumbest doo-doo on earth um Mm -hmm. i and griffin's take was these are dumb reviews but my my take was everyone is wrong that Um, just the just that almost all the reviews except for a select few have have just gotten the whole the whole the the entire process wrong yeah and i'm here to report that's basically right yes Um, okay so we're gonna talk with a guest later by the way um but we're recording Mm -hmm. a little bit of stuff beforehand because not everyone has played the last of us because people have lives and it came out like on friday um but and uh, we'll go into a full one next week with like a guest who's like fully played and being the game these are we'll have been these are first impressions we're both midway through but yeah yeah before we get into like the game specifics i do want to talk more about this disconnect between like what the video game reviewers are thinking and and what they what matters to them and like what matters to gamers and how almost both sides are kind of they're they're like cycling within themselves and and outputting stuff that just isn't tangible or make any sense yeah like on the review side it's it's this thing about um i don't know it's about them not understanding like how genres work and then of course on the on the gamer side it's all the fucking toxic shit and just not liking to play a gay character or you know who knows what else they don't like oh my god wait okay well so spoilers first of all we're gonna because there are some spoiler shit that happens in the the beginning game um so on the review thing, before I get to the spoilery stuff, um, it's this thing that we talked about last week. Like 
people are so horny for video games to be movies <laughs> that hmm. like anytime there's a video game that like promises like some kind of like narrative depth, people like bend over backwards to either like affirm it radically or be like, oh, a huge disappointment. It didn't get there. And like this yeah. game doesn't get there. It has like some really good moments so far. It has some cool stuff going on. It's fun to play. Um, it is not, it is not as the Schindler's List guy said, like a tremendously harrowing experience. It's like dark, but it's like, there are darker games. Like Kentucky Route Zero is a sadder game than The Last of Us 2. Like, for sure. Like there's, there's sadder and, and more difficult games, but like there's this like lust to make it this huge fucking deal. And the game's mm-hmm. just like a good fucking zombie game that has like more emotional resonance than most, but it's not, it's not like this deep intellectual statement really. Like it is doing basically like violence is bad stuff, which is a thing we all agree on. But like it's doing it pretty well. Like it's not like reinventing the wheel in any meaningful way, but it's like doing an old thing in a good way. And it's like a fucking there's a, that fucking clip that was on Twitter of the dude taking his shirt off with like zero clip. It's like the design and the graphics in this game are out of fucking control. Like there's some really <laughs> cool shit. Um, it's just the, also the shirt. The shirt tweet kind of went viral because it, it because people are, are are zeroing in on weird specifics and are horny for like detail specifics too. There's just like a lot of weird. People, people are valuing weird things. Totally. And then that gets to that gets to the first like spoilery thing that I have to say. Um, uh-huh. So before I'd even played it, because Rory got it before I did, because I spent uh, Friday doing other stuff. Um, uh, Rory messaged me and was like, people are mad about a thing in Last of Us 2. And I, it's a spoiler if I tell you, if you don't know. And I responded, I don't know. But is it that Joel dies? because <laughs> um, it's obvious and then he was like yes and people are mad yeah. about it and it didn't like, seem surprising to the, me at the, all the game was advertised as ellie goes on a revenge journey she knows one person <laughs> yeah, she exactly. has one yeah. friend who would yeah, you like she who else would she, who be would she revenge on yeah like yeah. who else would she give a shit about like by halfway like, through this game like she has other people or whatever sure but like <laughs> that's not the game can't I mean if a game I would be into a game that's like the first half is you make a friend he dies at the midpoint and the rest of the game is revenge it's like two different games but that's clearly not what this was ever going to be it would be like if, if it was like uh, uh, Banjo is going on a solo venture for revenge like who else does Banjo know <laughs> right, except like you Kazooie know, and then people get mad because Kazooie is dead like yeah <laughs> Mario wants to for, to to bring back the head of the man who stole his brother, and it's like, wait, Luigi's in danger? Like, yeah, he's only brother. Like, what are like, what are we doing? At least with Mario, at least with Mario, you could assume that there's multiple characters that Mario would feel emotionally saddened yes. by lo- a loss. That's of. why I had to specify like Yoshi, brother. Princess Peach, Luigi. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, with this, yeah, Ellie knows one person. Ellie knows one fucking person. Incredible. There's o- yeah. like there's only like the Last of Us original goes really far out of its way to be like everyone sucks but at least these two people appear redeemable so at the end of so going into this game you know of two people on earth who you give a shit about the idea that the game would be a revenge game and they're both alive for it is like did they just want the game to be stupid like i don't fuck i mean right what they wanted was you play as a straight guy not a lesbian but like 
Yes, exactly. But and, and so like here's just like the main to me what the game just simply is. And uh, Gene Park uh, on Twitter, he's a he's a video game journalist for The Washington Post, who I think is one of the only ones that got this right, is this is a simple this is a simple, very simple story in the way that like Mad Max is a simple story. Uh, it delivers on spectacle and thrill ride while making you think of a, a very basic, simple human concept. Um, it's nothing more than that. It's not it's not any smarter than that, but it's also not any dumber than that. And it knows what it's doing um, and it dials down on it. Uh, it. I would describe the the narrative and the emotions of the scenes not to be mellow drama but something that i'm referring to as super drama uh (laughs) super drama is where you just you turn the emotions like up to 11 but it's not quite melodrama in the sense of plot but it is it is super drama in the sense of feeling and emotion like just the amount of motion capture uh and the situations that the characters are put in like every other scene um it is dripping with juicy drama not necessarily high brow um narrative storytelling or anything but the drama itself is like pulpy and palpitating yeah no i think i think that's the that's the really like money zone um like that's the key to this game right people trying to make this game an intellectual like achievement are misunderstanding the function of like good narrative right because Mm -hmm. you're not it it, a narrative doesn't have to teach you an important lesson to be a good narrative it has to be dramatically and emotionally interesting which this game is able to do because look at Bioshock Infinite. Uh, they do all this heady intellectual meta shit, but ever, no one likes that game because you don't connect to a single character. And because its ideology is inside out. But that's another thing. Right. Um, that's in the whole second part. But, yeah. Yeah. But like uh, it's it's this game like does achieve a certain amount of like dramatic propulsion and like you want to know what happens next and you feel affected by the events as they happen to you. So it's like, yeah, of, like, of course, like. It's a it, like it's good at that and that's fine and that's more yeah. that's better than most games do. Like very few games can get mm-hmm. away with like doing big intellectual stuff and being a big game and the ones that do get away with it it's like debatable if it was on purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's like like all the last of us it too is 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 like Tom Hardy you know, doing a jump from one car to another in a desert and like punching someone. In in Last of Us 2, that's just like Ellie like blowing a zombie's brain out and then playing take on me on the guitar, the full song. <laughs> yeah. Like that th- there's some, there's something like it, it's like the Taco Bell. The, the game is living Moss. Uh, it's not trying to think Moss. And, and I think people trying to pull that out of it um, are doing it wrong. Yeah. It's making unfair comparisons. Um, and I think, the big problem with the video game reviews is they wanted it to be one thing and they got something a lot simpler than that uh, and they revolted against it. Um, and and I don't know. It's yeah. just like video game reviewers love to opine about violence in video games and the meaning behind it. Um, but I think they're just like 20 years behind movie reviewers who like understand like there are different genres and you get different things out of different (laughs) stories. Totally. And like, um, like it's okay. So two things, one Mad Max Fury Road is a lot smarter than you're giving credit for. 
We made a video about it for work. Watch it. Um, it's I'm not. But again, I'm not saying it's dumb, but it's not heady. It's not intellectual. Well, see, I think it actually is. But again, we made a video about this. I've been I, I don't. Uh, we don't we'll need to go into it. Yeah, watch the video. It's a wisecrack. <laughs> it's great. It's really good. And I think it's actually a true point. But it's, I think it's a much more intellectual movie than it gets credit for. But mm-hmm. um, the other thing is that like the, there are very few games that are good on this question of violence in video games. If you want one, uh, like go fucking play Danganronpa one, two, three. Like the end of Danganronpa three. Can I spoil Danganronpa three? Do you care? <laughs> I just don't think I have the time. So yeah. Okay, sure. So <laughs> Danganronpa three is. So in each of the Dragon Rampa games, you're a kid in a high school, like, and you have to stop. And people are getting other high school students are getting murdered because that's how you escape the evil murder high school, and you have to like solve the mystery. And in the third one, the reveal is that it's not the third Dragon Rampa; it's the 267th, and they're all a TV show, and all the mm-hmm. kids have their minds wiped and put into these schools and are forced to murder each other for the hit show. Mm-hmm. And the evil sort of like behind the scenes force is just the host of the show. Um, and that's like a real commentary on violence in video games because the whole thing is about like complicity and joy and how fun it is. And then how fucked up it is when you actually put in the context of like literally playing games to watch kids die or whatever, especially a game like Danganronpa where like it's just on a rails or whatever. Like that's yeah. a really smart way to do it. Metal Gear Solid does not a really smart way where like you have the option of killing or not killing and killing enough creates like reactions, like psychological reactions and stuff. There are games that do this in smart ways, but like this the games don't have to do that to be fun like you yeah. you can play i didn't even know that metal gear solid did that until someone told me about it and i still love metal gear solid i think it's like three or four where that happens like it doesn't it it's not that's not what gets you there and and it's it's like the drama and caring with the characters and then also the fact that like the game is fucking fun to play all this other shit doesn't fucking matter the game yeah. is fun to play if i like that's the other thing is I like mean, if you want a good story there's incredible television. There are great movies. Did you know there are also books? Like you can get great <laughs> stories in so many places, but you can't play great stories in so many places. So like the, the playing is the key. And the fact yeah, that this game play. is like mechanically fun and good to play. I will get into like my intellectual issues with it next week when I've finished it or whatever. But like yeah. as far as actually playing the game, like it's a fun game to play. Even like the first right. the first like major zombie run is a fucking banger with the cars and the runners and that field. Yeah. Like it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on a lot of these points. Uh, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to specifically feel at the end of this game in terms of like, was was the gameplay like revolutionary or like was the story like did they nail the story the whole way through? I'm not entirely sure. But what I do know is to look upon some of the moments in these levels and what happens in them and what you're doing is to look upon like a Goliath effort of hundreds and hundreds of people to do something that has probably not been achieved in video games to this blockbuster level before. I mean, there is something undeniable about that feat in the way that like when you watch the movie Metropolis and you see the giant sets and the hundreds and hundreds of extras, uh, just the weight of the artistic vision of it is astounding and undeniable. (laughs) it's just incredible yeah it, well that's the thing is like look even like it's I, you it is very frustrating to me that gamers a certain species of gamer wants it both ways right they want both games aren't the same as movies and stuff there's something special and important but also we want to evaluate them we evaluate things like movies and shit like that 
And it's just like you can't you you can't have your cake and eat it, too. That's the rules of cake, of cake and eating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's and it's strange because I don't know where this is going to lead for video game discourse because um like on on one side i think there is a portion of gamers that just want something to be fun and cool and i respect them there's always going to be a portion that are like hateful and toxic and don't like the game because it's the dude isn't the main character because it's gay stuff whatever um and then there's this portion that are video game reviewers that are also incredibly disconnected from what those people want um, and it's it's just going to be like a really interesting dichotomy, and I'm and I'm I'm wondering like is this is this a marker in the death of video game journalism at large? Like are our sites like IGN and Polygon like going to be respected arbiters of anything anymore, or are we going to start just getting Twitch streamers and individual personalities um, to to really talk about? Um, games in a way where people connect to. Yeah, I think I think it's it's hard, right? Because there is some incredibly good video game writing out there. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's really good analysts and really good smart people writing really smart things about video games. The question, the two questions are: one, does anyone? Okay, the, the, well, it's a weird thing, right? It's that the people who care about creating a critical voice for video games are people who would hate the things the critics of who the actual critics of video games would have to say. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the weirdest, it's a weird tension because historically time to be a fucking nerd, but most art forms, at least initially tend to spring up leaning sort of progressive in their ideology, just because their responses to the status quo, right. They Mm -hmm. aren't invested in maintaining the status quo, but rather responding to it and expressing new things in new ways. Um, video games are one of the few sort of like art forms that is like fundamentally conservative in its ideology, or at least in like much of the fandom is, um, conservative and reactionary sure. It's conservative and reactionary. So the critics who by and large, because of who wrote yeah. all the books about what criticism is and how criticism works tend to be left-leaning people. The critics mm-hmm. themselves are drawing on a sort of tradition and an ideology that is at odds with the people who would give a shit. So either you're going to mm-hmm. have critics who are dumb as shit pandering to Nazis on Reddit, or you're going to yeah. have critics who are good writing shit that the majority of people who are going to be like clambering over their own ass to read criticism aren't going to like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we, need a, we need a third way. <laughs> yeah, we need some kind of Buddhist option. It's like, it, it's it's tough. It's hard to It's hard to reconcile those sort of I mean, uh, I had to go Buddhist with this whole game in the week coming up to it. You know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm more of an angry Buddhist, but I mean, I really had to push all of it away and focus on myself and what I value out of art and stuff and yeah. and not get wrapped up into the cycle of, of all these crazy shots in the dark opinions. Um, but that's the, that's the state of video game reviews. Um, I, before we end, we'll talk more about this game. But uh, was there one moment, Lux, that has just totally blown you away in the game? so far or a um, moment you'd like to share yeah yeah i i do th- actually honestly the thing that made me the most excited about this game and this is such like lux is a dork shit but um when they teach you how to dodge mm-hmm. um it's so well built into the scene in which it happens yeah. and it's so natural and you see the person you're with do a move too that mirrors it and it's like it's it's stuff like that that makes me excited about the future of video games more so than like, can they make me sad about killing? Um, because like, like, can they make the tutorial levels cooler? <laughs> yeah. Well, like can, because one thing I don't like in video games that, that bums me out is how much 
So like when you start a video game, you're trying to immerse yourself in the world. And it's really hard to immerse yourself in the world when all of the time, like a weird text box is popping up and being like, press X to jump. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they can kind of work it in somewhat naturally and in a way that feels fluid, that's like that makes it so much easier for me to like give a shit about every other thing in the game. Um, And so I like popped pretty hard for like just being having it come up and be like, here's how you dodge. Um, Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and like absolutely. working seamlessly into the moment without it feeling like I was on a tutorial mission. It felt like I was on like a learn the world mission. And just like little things were happening kind of seamlessly. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that was good. Oh, the other thing is that uh, my friend Jared pointed this out before I got there. And then I saw it is that there's a PS3 in the game and the PS3 <laughs> is way too big. It's the scale <laughs> is all wrong on that PS3. It's there's also a PS Vita. Whoa. The PS3 is big enough in that game that you could feed the box the games come in into so the disk funny. drive I, I where i did not notice this i forget PS3. where it is I'll, send, I'll, fin- I'll i forget where it is but i'll send you the picture jared sent me it's so funny hold on one second i'll yeah. pass it over to you uh, it's there there was there was also a there's also a joke in there that i uh, about um they come upon uh, a, like an old uh, like video rental store and they find a porn called smash brandy scooch whoa that's a pretty good one um, um that's yeah. actually very good um all right in- <laughs> i was like wow they made that joke okay yeah uh check your phone i just sent you the ps the this ps this yeah. gargantuan oh, ps3 remember that huge baby this is did you did you yeah I sent it to is you. this the I, big baby I, of uh it's the big baby of things i sent it to you i texted yeah. you okay here it is here it is oh baby it's what? it's so look at <laughs> look at the size versus the controller or the games next to it well the games are a little too small, but I think the PS3 is the right size. Or is the PS3 huge and the desk is huge and the games are are the right size? Based on the radius of the flashlight, this is really great for a podcast. Uh, based on the radius of the flashlight, I think the PS3 is. Ac- I mean, the PS3 was it was chunky. It, it was thick. Um, the games are too small though, because the game. Look at look at the size of the game compared to the controller. <laughs> Yeah, true. Well, mm, I feel like that's close to reality. Well, maybe we'll put this up somewhere. This is ba- a bad thing for podcasts. I thought you were just gonna mark out. I thought you were just gonna mark out over how funny the, the two big PS3 no, is with no, me. Now I but now I'm d- gonna start a debate yeah, but, episode about yeah. image sizes. Yeah, but then, then you busted out the magnifying glass and the protractor ratio, and now you're just like doing Sherlock Holmes stuff. Um, um, what about my, you? Though? What did big, you? What was big, your yeah. thing? My big thing was um, the sound design in this game. Yes. that kind of. Uh, there's a lot of stealth in it and a lot of great sounds that I was really appreciating. Um, but the first time that you meet the cult and they start whistling to each other, I shit my pants. Oh I yeah. That was, was dope. so scared. It's cause it, you never have heard that before in a game. Like, oh, there's always like, it's always zombies moaning or it's like players being like, Hey, you check over there. Where is she? You know, and it's a very basic NPC dialogue. When you meet the cultists, they communicate in whistles. And so you're, you're, you're hiding somewhere and you hear all these whistles and it's the scariest sound design uh, ever. And it really amplified the stealth for me and made me want to play a certain way. And it was, it was like, a point of pure immersion in the, in a video game that I haven't felt in a really long time. Totally. I think that that's, yeah, the, the way that you sound in that game, both as like a design feature and also like a mechanic to help you avoid zombies is, mm-hmm. is very, very cool. 
Um, yeah, and it, it was just one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I, I'm. I, I mean, love him or hate, love him or hate him online. I, Neil Druckmann has has a vision for things. Yeah, uh, and like people, <laughs> people clearly busted their asses to make this game happen in like a cool way. Yeah, yeah, people really busted. Yeah, I mean, I saw some guy tweet online that he was the guy who invented the physics of the rope. Uh, and the rope in the game is incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's multiple, there's multiple rope puzzles and the physics. Like I've never seen a rope look and move this realistic. This ropey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. Incre- I mean, uh, fucking it's, it reminds me a lot of a friend of mine after college went to go work for Michael Bay doing, uh, graphic stuff, um, in LA. And I texted him and I was like, so how's life like being like a special effects guy? And he was like, honestly, my only job is rendering dust. <laughs> Like I spend yeah. I spend eight hours a day designing dust explosions and dust motes and like figuring out how light reflects off dust. And like that that's the feel of like every detail in this in in this yeah. game is that like there was one person whose job for like a year was like figure out how, you know, how the rope go, how, you know, what it sounds like when a clicker is clicking, like how do runners move? How do runners move and affect the ground around them? Like what yeah. happens when you punch a car? Like it feels like someone was like figuring out all this shit. Yeah. And so uh, game devs, if you're looking for someone to help you next time, tell you what the right size of video game console sh- should be. Me and Lux would gladly help you guys make Last of Us 3 and uh, put a, put all the game cubes everywhere inside. Yeah. Huge game cubes. Huge um, game, giant game cubes. 